This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey up, it's the No Near Never podcast. Hello and welcome to this edition of the podcast. I'm Michael Bailey, standing in for Jamie Smith, who's actually crossed over the border into Yorkshire, and that means he's got an absolutely rubbish internet, internet connection, so he can't be here tonight. But instead, I'm joined by the brilliant Robert Watson. Hello. James Bird. Who is not Hello. replying because he's still on mute. Hi there. And Adam <laughs> Howarth. Hello. All right, guys. So we've got quite a bit on tonight. Um, obviously, there was the return of Eddie Howe coming back to the club. We've got the Bournemouth match to look back on. And also, let's say, why not have a look at the overall picture thing? So are we running out of steam at the top? Um, there's also J-Rod's England call-up. And what, what could that mean for the Clarets? We'll have a look at our Player and Manager of the Month award winners. So let's get things started by looking at the weekend's game. And what, on the face of it, looks like a bit of a poor result for us. Rob, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> thing is, um, at the start of the season, you know, we we, we came into it looking like um, this would be sort of an half decent result because we we were we, we just towards the back end of last season we just ran out of steam and we just never I never thought that we'd even be at the top. So the fact that it's even looking like a poor result is still brilliant. Um, again, with Missed chances. I think that um, that maybe Ings and Vox, maybe we're overusing them. I don't know. What do you think? Um, I don't know. I don't know if you could say we're overusing them. Um, at oh, the end of the... Reliant on them. Sorry, that was the wrong word. I mean, yeah. at, at at the end of the day, they're good. They're good sort of players. So why not use them? Uh, yeah, yeah. Rely on them. Uh, I think uh, it was Man United. I was watching the Man United game the other day. And the commentator said that there'd been some talk of um, United relying on uh, Van Persie and Rooney, and it's it's like why not? Like surely, if you've got the players of the caliber that Vokes and Ings look like at the moment, um, why not kind of rely on them and and make them the the, the focal point of your team? Yeah, so we've got another problem as well, where you've got to think the strength and depth of the squad, and behind them too, you've got. Ryan Noble, who perhaps isn't up to first-team scratch. But, James, you were at the game at the weekend. What were your thoughts on the match? Is it 
Um, he... Well, uh, sorry, yeah. <laughs> I to get my phone back out of my pocket. Um, <laughs> I thought it was, uh, again, that we probably should have won. Um, I know a lot of people have said that a draw was a fair result, but um, at the end of the day, they've scored from a, a world day, which, you know, you don't, you don't expect to get those every day. Um, and we could have had a, a couple of goals ourselves. Obviously, the penalty shot was a, was a very strong one in my opinion and uh, you know, on another day we probably get all three points So for me it kind of begs the question but are we taking our, quen- our chances I mean Volks, Marnie and Shackle had good opportunities in the first half to give us the lead and if it hadn't have been for Brad Pittman's goal line clearance from um, Shaxx's header we'd, we'd have been in front early on so does it mean we have to be a bit more clinical with our finishing? Um, um, well, perhaps but I'm sorry. Um, I'll, I'll go. Um, perhaps, but uh, you know, I don't think anyone can argue with score point of goals. You just need to look at our goal difference and see if it's plus 17. I think the closest to that is plus nine. So um, I think we've taken enough of our chances. Anyone else got any thoughts on yeah, that? Gonna, I was just going to agree with James earlier. You can't really argue if you look at the, the scorers in the championship table and we've got two of the top ones. So I think. I think it's a bit harsh to say that we're not taking the chances, but um, yeah, we're coming to that point in the season where we're we, we're doing um, we, we've had so many wins. We've got to a point where we're two points clear, and the fact that we're not losing um, is almost as important as the fact that we're not winning, um, because Burnley have got to this point in previous seasons, and we've just completely run out of steam. So I think the games where we're not performing so well. But still picking up a point and still getting goals, um, I think uh, it's, it's really bright for looking towards the end of the season. Yeah, and I think you have to look at a, a positive, I guess, in a way. From um, James already mentioned that we fell behind to what can only be described as a, an absolutely wonderful strike from. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, I'm going to have a good attempt at this name, Tokelu Ranti. I think <laughs> I think that's how you, how you say it. Um, and you have to look at the work ethic that we had. The showed the lads showed really good work ethic. Worked hard for each other. And is that a bit of a sign of how Dice has got everyone fighting for each other? Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. Is uh, we we never seem to give up. Which in in previous previous seasons, I know under how we would have. I'm pretty sure we would never have got back into into the kind of mix. And it's good that kind of two two weeks in a row. That we we've had to come from from behind to and and we've got a, a well what what at the end of the day seems like a good result or an acceptable uh, an acceptable result rather than a good one, um, but yeah it's, I'm I'm sure that Dyche and, and Andy Farrell was on co commentary on um, on Claret's player at the weekend, and they both in in their comments used the word relentless. And we were relentless, so we we kept going. And uh, I mean, James will be able to tell you better than I will um, about how the players just kept going and and knew that if they kept going, that they would find that goal and we would get a, a point. And you say a point there. We, we very nearly snuck all three at the death with um, when when big big Keith went close with his free kick. So was a draw really a good result? I, I, I don't know myself. I, I think these are the games where you want to be winning, considering the way the other results went. What do you, what do you think, James? Yes, it's falling back out of his pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I, I forgot then, and then I started speaking. Um, 
obviously, if you look at the other results on the day, you'd, you'd wish that we'd uh, we'd be able to capitalise and uh, obviously extend our lead even further at the top. But um, obviously, Bournemouth came and they came with a plan, and I think they changed, played a little bit different to the way they uh, they normally do. And in the end, that's that's paid off for them. I think if they'd come to the turf and played the way they played all season, uh, we probably would have absolutely mulled them. But um, it's hard to say. I mean, obviously in hindsight, you'd say that's a game we should win. Um, but as I think has been mentioned, it's yeah, I mean, obviously in possibly more important that we just don't lose. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. I'd say that, um, uh, especially going into the international break, we've got again in, into the international break top of the table. Uh, we've not lost in only 10 games, you know. Um, I think the fact that... Um, yeah, the fact that the fact that we're going into the international break two points ahead and um, plus seventeen on a goal difference just shows um, what massive, massive leaps we've made this season. And uh, hopefully, two weeks rest, they'll come back, they'll be, um, they'll all be refreshed, and uh, we'll, we'll get back to winning ways. Even though I never expected to see we'll get back to winning ways after just two draws. <laughs> of course, and James, what I want to what I want to know from you is. Eddie Howe obviously made his big return. Uh, what type of reception did he get from the fans? Um, I think generally it was it was quite good. Um, personally, I would have just given him no reception either way. Uh, he, he he wasn't a, a great manager for us. He wasn't a bad manager for us. He was probably indifferent. Um, but on the whole, he, he got a decent reception. Um, I think it was a nice touch at the end that he did go over and sort of applaud the uh, the James Hargreaves stand. Um, and speaking after the game, he, he seemed to be, I think, quite emotional about having come back, uh, which obviously is a, a big improvement on what he said to the Guardian early in the year where he said it was a, a mistake coming to, the, coming to the turf, which I think took up a little bit of uh, the fondness off the memory of him. Yeah, I mean, at, at the yeah at the beginning of the season when those quotes came out, I, I was just like, "What are you saying? You're just kind of distancing yourself from the, the Burnley fans that generally were, were quite, I don't know, welcoming towards him, and even indifferent towards him leaving because everyone could kind of understand that personal reasons take take precedence in in the situation um, over football. Um, but it is good to see, as James said, that he's uh, kind of reaffirmed himself with the Burnley fans by the quotes uh, both in the local media before the match and in his post-match comments Yeah I think I, th- I think for me it was important that he came to the club and actually showed that it wasn't the worst decision in the world to come to us like you say it wasn't amazing and he wasn't really bad as a manager he settled the club at a time when we were going through a bit of an indifferent period I felt um, but James you've touched on it about perhaps Bournemouth had us sussed and Roger on the chat says it brilliantly and he said shouldn't we, shouldn't we be mixing it up a bit is the op- opposition starting to suss us out and setting up to thwart our, ta- our, ta- our attacks uh, perhaps perhaps Dash needs to start mixing things up again what, what do you think um, I'm not sure that's the case I mean, obviously our, our performance could have ended with a win on another day um, and the way other teams comes not really going to result in us losing many if they come to try and start for what we do um, I mean, the good thing about what we do is we, we press hard, which dis- no matter what sort of changes you make to your tactics, if you're getting pressed hard, you're still likely to uh, to lose the ball, give it up easily, and that's when we that's when we can score goals, even when we're not playing our best football. 
Okay, so... I don't... If, if, uh, go on, Rob. No, go on, Rob. Crack on. Yeah, I don't necessarily agree with uh, that people suss you out tactics. You look at some of the great teams, um, and they've just in the past few years, look at United's treble winning team. They have, like, York and Cole scoring every week, doing pretty much the same thing. I don't think it's the case of um, sussing people out, because if you've got those great players that are putting the, the kind of performances that Bolton and Ings are putting in every week... Um, you can't sush you out, and if you keep if you keep putting the performances in, I don't think I don't think tactically you need to change much because if you beat in the likes of QPR, Reading, um, they've come down from the Premier League, then you should be able to do that with the rest of the teams in the in the league. Yeah, at the end of the day, if your tactics are good enough, then they're going to stop every team, and they can't be sussed out. If you like, they're going to. Your tactics almost should be designed so that no one can stop you. I, I mean, that's a, an impossible kind of... It's an impossible dream with regards to, to tactics. But I think Daesh, um has set up a framework, that word framework that he likes a lot, um, that, that does kind of... It's uh, almost one-size-fits-all kind of... It can be applied slightly differently to a lot of different teams and setups. Um, but... We'll have to see whether it, in the future it will kind of it kind of get sussed out, as Roger says. As, that's my dad, actually. Uh, uh, <laughs> and uh, see whether he um, he does mix things up. Okay, but if if we if we look at the the bigger picture, perhaps with with three games without a win now. Okay, it's not the end of the world. This it's not often we can look at ourselves at the top of the league and one of them was a cup game against West Ham where we fielded a bit of a weaker side but is, is it a bit of a sign now that we're perhaps starting to lose a bit of that, that momentum that we built up? I don't think so I, I mean I've been um, I haven't seen all three games I've seen the, the two league games um, and at Millwall I think the problem really was we started poorly and um, that first half an hour we, we weren't playing our sort of football I don't know if that was down to uh, obviously a big miss in the middle was Dean Marnie that day um, but I think when the second goal went in, we we came back alive. Um, David Edgar had been poor early on, but he, he got involved in the game. He, he got stuck in and I think did what he shows he can do in the midfield, which is uh, obviously more tackling rather than ball carrying and passing. And uh, from that point on, we could have we could have really taken a really taken the game to Millwall and uh, scored probably four or five. Um, so I think in the end we we're unlucky that to only get a point, but it, it feels a bit wrong saying that when you've come back from two 0 down. Yeah, well, Dakiri, I think it's Dakiri um, on the chat said, "Bournemouth were poor, Burnley were very poor, very poor, and now we've got two away games coming up against good sides. Um, we need to pull ourselves together. Them games, they're way off yet. We've got an international break for break before them games." Has that come at just the right time, perhaps? What do you reckon? Uh, uh, I think so. Yeah, yeah it's, it's always if you're going through. I mean, we're calling this a poor on the floor. I keep. I want to stay away from it because it's not really. But um, yeah, if you're going through a bad patch, then it's nice to have a bit of a break and get out of it. But um, just to address that, he says uh, Burnley were poor and Bournemouth were poor. The thing is, when, when you're playing a side that's 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 dragging you down, sometimes it does. It, it was sorry when you're playing a side that's poorer than you quality wise, which Bournemouth clearly are. Um, the, it does drag you down when you do get dragged down to their level. I think 
um, when we come up against the quality sides, we'll raise the game. And I don't think there'll be any problem. I think the two weeks rest will do them good. Um, I think uh, Vox playing for Wales and uh, Ings um, in England under-21 squad that can only do good things for us. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's a nice little rest for us. I actually have the, the opposite opinion. I mean, um, the last international break, uh, I was at the Ipswich game after, and I think, I think that's probably one of the poorest games we've played this year. And it just looked like it took quite a while for the, the lads to get going. And uh, I think footballers always tell you, obviously, they want to keep playing, they want to play every week. Um, Tom Heaton said he certainly wants to play every week. And for him, he, he'd rather not have the break. Um, but obviously, it is what it is. Yeah, I saw. I actually saw a comment from um, the manager today about about the international break, and he said that the players are probably going to be doing a mixture of rest and recuperation, which means that they may may lose that bit of match sharpness. Perhaps is that a worry for you, Adam? Um, I don't. I don't think it's a, a problem as such. It, it kind of um, it kind of shows that. Dice is kind of he's taken into account that we we got a very small squad. I think most managers will will use this break as a kind of mix of rest and recuperation, and I think as I say, you'll be very hard pressed to find a manager who isn't who well who is carrying on as usual, like four days training a week, and. And I think that's that's the norm in football. So I don't think we can say that it's it's a worry that we'll lose match sharpness because every other team will be doing it too. Um, I kind of have confidence in Dyche because of how fit we have been this season, um, especially like towards the start. We've that's been one of our main assets, um, if you like. Um, but I have faith in Dyche that he'll he'll design his training programs to kind of make sure that we we are at the match match fitness level. I mean, from my point of view, I've always uh, seen it that the most important sort of training you do pre-season. Um, I mean, that's the case in you know most sports that once it actually comes to competition time, you're only maintaining your fitness level. Uh, you know, working on small things because of, it gets difficult once I think the games are coming to sort of uh, make any drastic tweaks or do anything you know dramatic to improve fitness. So I think rest and recovery is probably just what we need and. Uh, you know the guys. As long as they put in that sort of base level effort, aren't going to lose any of that that fitness that's made us such a good side so far this season. Yeah, my my biggest worry, personally, is the fact that we've got two very difficult fixtures coming up away from home. First at Forest on the twenty third, before we go down to Huddersfield on the thirtieth. Now, we've already beaten Forest once this season, two one in the cup, but the last time we went to the city ground, we got beat. How are we going to fare come twenty third? of November um, with I think when we played them in the cup one they played a different 11 than, than they usually do in league games and and two we weren't we weren't at the top of the league then I don't think and uh, we we weren't even kind of fancied as, as real league kind of contenders um, so it, it'll be interesting to see certainly if Anything's changed since that cup game, and and see if they treat us differently. And because I think when we played them, they were higher than us in the league. I could be wrong, 
Um, that was in, in effect seen as one of our first tests in the season. So um, when when we play them next at the city ground, um, it'll be it'll be interesting to see whether anything's changed from that time. Yeah, yeah obviously. Well, <laughs> well, I was just going to say what going going into it in fifth on the back of a brilliant win at Leicester. Uh, what do you think, Rob? Um, yeah, it's going to be a tough one. Uh, it was a good win at Leicester, and they were unlucky to lose um, the previous week as well. So they're sort of solid, but and um, and good at home. But I mean, I think um, if we, if like you said, uh, Dash keeps up the the, the training, which is all much fit. I think uh, it's a nice game to to come out to come out of the international break off because Burnley. We like a test, I think, and we we like to we like to step up and we like to um, challenge some of the teams up top because the, the best performances I've seen from Burnley is always when we we seem to be completely underdogs, and now we're not. It's going to be it's going to be a strange one, but I think we'll be I think we'll be fine. James, I think it's going to be a tough game. Um, obviously, they're one of those sides I think where. If you were to to look at the fixture list and circle a few that you'd you'd probably say, I wouldn't mind if we draw those. You know, you're probably talking Nottingham Forest, Leicester, uh, maybe Wigan away. Those sort of games, um, you'd, you'd take draws there, uh, and I think that's probably you know obviously we'll go out to the win, but I think that'd be the result you probably hopeful you'll come away with because if you lose, obviously that's a with Nottingham's current form, that's a bit a big knock, obviously, to promotion hopes. Um, whereas, obviously, picking up a point, you're sort of taking two away from them as well. Yeah, that's it. You've got to think as a team a team like Forest away from home, I'm happy with a draw there. And I'm pretty certain 90% of Burnley fans would be as well. Um, but anyway, get cracking on. We've got, got quite a bit, a bit to get through. And... This week, we've had the brilliant news that Jay rod has been called up to the England squad to face Chile and Germany. Um, what does this say as a whole about the youth development at the club at the minute? Adam? Um, obviously, it's great news for, for all Burnley fans. We all like to see ex-players do well. Um, I think it it's kind of a... We, we haven't had too many breakthroughs recently. We've had... Um, we've had... Um, J-Rod, Chris McCann, kind of from the youth development. And I don't know, you have to help me out here. I don't think there's many others that have actually broken through yet. Um, but having said that, I know people who watch the youth team regularly say um, that this current crop of youth team kind of um, players are very good and they they will break, break through. Um, so the J-Rod... Um, kind of call up I, I think it's it's positive news but it's not um, necessarily indicative of um, Burnley's youth policy if that makes sense certainly has anyone had a chance to see the youth team this year this Death is when we silence. need Andy Andy can you even watch the youth, youth team anymore this is a whole different rabbit hole that we, we don't want to go down um I think the only time you can watch them is in the FA Youth Cup. I'm not sure. Um, maybe that's the reserves. I don't know. I think that might be the development squad. Um, oh, the development squad. 
Yeah, I'm pretty certain you can still go down to Gawthorpe and, and watch them because I did it. Well, I know I definitely did it last season. Um, a couple of match reports myself, so I know I know there's still that kind of access there because they still want the parents coming down and uh, and being able to watch them. I think. Yeah, that, that would make sense actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as for J Rod, I've seen I've seen loads of fans out, out out there actively praising him on Twitter, and and rightly so. So it's a bit of a, it's a source of real real pride for Clarets up and down the country don't you guys think I do yeah I I this is a really strange one for some re- illogical reason I always get quite annoyed when when Bournemouth fans take the credit for Danny Ings yet I'm there like praising Jay Royal as if it's, it's all Burnley's work um, but um, yeah I think uh, I think that, as I say, my illogical dislike of Bournemouth fans taking the credit for Danny Ings, who was actually booed on Saturday, uh, I think, um, which is strange. Uh, another kind of aside. Um, but yeah, where was I? Um, pride, yes. Very, very proud. And I think think it's logical to be proud as a Burnley fan. I think um, one of the nice things about Gerard is, is that he's he's very much Burnley and proud. Um, you know, he's... He, as a as a as a Burnley fan, he's got friends who are friends with Gerard. It's it's always nice to see him back up here and back out, you know, back out in Burnley. And it, it's it's quite clear and obvious that he knows where he comes from, uh, which is which is good for us. Um, and yeah, I sort of I agree with Adam in that um, we've not really had much in the way of a youth uh, in in the way of youngsters coming through in the past few years. Like I, I can't. Think of many names like Gerard and, like you say, Chris McCann to an extent, and Kyle Lafferty a bit. But um, yeah, I think the fact that he was obviously sad to leave us, uh, he left us in good circumstances, um, and the fact that the town is just completely proud of him um, is it's just a brilliant thing. I think that's a good one as well to touch on the the town. Um, being, being being the type of town that we are in Burnley, the the football clubs at the heart heart of it are majority of our daily lives. I don't know about you guys, but I, I'm checking things throughout the day about the club, and I'm sure a lot of the town are as well. James, what do you think? What's what's the atmosphere been been like around just the town about J Rod getting into the squad? I wish I could answer, but I don't live in the town, so. Um... <laughs> Nightmare. <laughs> I think it's fantastic, obviously, that, that Jay's in the squad. Um, I'm not sure how how big a influence, obviously, him being at Burnley has had on other people. I haven't had anyone at, um, at work mention to me that he's, he's been called up. Um, but obviously, everyone's been talking to me about Burnley pretty much every day since we've been top. So, um, I mean, it's obviously great to see one of our own um, get get that call up, um, but. For me personally, I'm sort of concentrating more on what our current squad are doing. Well, it's obviously great to see that happen for Jay. He's he's moved on now. He's a Southampton player. Um, I'll always be pleased to see him score and, and do well. But he's not. It's not something that's overly concerning me day to day. You said uh, just then about uh, people at work coming to speak to you about Jay Rod not happening before a lecture the other day. I. Uh, Someone I don't really know that well just came up to me and shouted Danny Ings' name just the morning of uh, him winning the Player of the Month uh, kind of award. Uh, I thought that was quite it was quite telling of our our league position that 
he's kind of getting that recognition and he knows that a Burnley fan will want to hear another person saying Danny Ings, Danny Ings or whatever. Yeah, I think it's... Uh, I, 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 I will say personally, that, that, that kind of sums it up for me. We've, we've gone from sneaking under the radar, being in that position where we're 100% if we're going to make it or not and then we've, since we've gone top, the media coverage has exploded. We've been on the front page of the BBC site on numerous occasions. The BBC Sports site, shall I say. And the pressure's got to be building, perhaps, on some of the players. Um, possibly. I think I think we've got a good group in that they were all uh, just concentrating on what they're doing for the next game. Um, I don't think anyone's really getting carried away. So we hear a lot about um, how everyone in the team tappy, even the even the guys who aren't really getting a look in because the rest of the team are playing so well. Uh, so I don't, I don't, I don't think they'll be feeling any pressure yet. I mean, maybe if it comes to a position where in February, March, we're still sort of well in the hunt, they might start to feel a little bit of the pressure of trying to keep that up for the running. But I think at the moment, there's uh, there's none of that yet. Yeah, I think no. it's a oh. shot job to be keeping their feet on the ground and cool heads all around and all that I, I don't think um, yeah maybe not feeling the pressure yet maybe um, uh, as you say like coming into March uh, they might start start to but that's Dash's job to keep cool heads around the ground and, and, and protect them for a little bit from, from the media especially the younger players um, but yeah pressure at this moment in time I think they should just enjoy it at the minute like Alex Preston and um, I've been a uh, um, like a lot of students who are who are different from different places around the country, and I, I get a lot of people talking to me now about them. They wouldn't have mentioned it six months ago. So I mean, it's nice um, to be mentioned uh, for your football team, but um, yeah, pressure will be fine. You talked about there um, how it's. Dice's job to, to keep their feet on the ground and I think so far he's done a very good job of that because um, if you look at the, the kind of media build up of, of some of the games that we played I think when we went to Ipswich we hadn't won there in something ridiculous um, since 1970 there we go James is talking just before the uh, the podcast about how he can remember really random numbers and how he, he's, his life is very sad because of it and uh, that kind of just proves it James doesn't it Thanks. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, so yeah, those games that that we've been kind of tipped to lose because of kind of superstition and and history, if you like, um, Dash has done well in keeping the players away from that and just telling them to go and play, and then they can win. So I hope I hope that when it gets to that stage, as James said, um, towards February, um, March time, when the pressure comes on, Dash will also be able to deal with that. Yeah, well, um, I kind of, I kind of took us way off on a tangent there. When we're, I'm going to swing us back around to Jay Rodriguez, um, and more to do with modern day footballers' contracts. And it's fair to say there can be a bit, bit of a confusing business. But it looks like we never inserted an international clause into his Southampton contract. Was that a bit of a mistake on our behalf, perhaps? Um, I've heard people say that it was obvious he was gonna he was gonna get a call up at some point, and that's why we should have put it in. But to me, actually, that probably sounds like the reason it wasn't in there because it was so obvious that he's gonna get a call up at some point. 
it was probably factored into the fee to start with. Yeah, I think with these things that it's a case of whether the how much you can get away with 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 clauses, and it is so complicated that if, as James says, it is it is fairly obvious, then why wouldn't Southampton let us put one in? It's not just a case of we're only gonna we're only gonna let Jay Rodriguez sign for Southampton if we can get a, an international clause in in the contract because that's that's a fairly small part of the process, and. You, the the kind of size of the fee, how it's being paid, all these different factors are more important in terms of why, why and when we uh, let like let a player go to another club. Um, so I don't I don't really think that um, an international clause was really a mistake. It would have been nice, obviously, because we would have got a, a kind of nice sum just to add to our finances a little bit. Maybe make sure we don't lose money next year although i think actually that's wrong we're we're actually scheduled to to make profit but in relation to the question no i don't think it's a uh, a mistake yeah i think it's very much a much more of a business decision that than a football one um and no i don't think it's a mistake when you look at the fee we've got that was much more important um and yeah i just i i can't see that as a mistake you, you've got to You've got to think that he was getting called to the under twenty ones when he was playing for us, so um it seems like a natural progression for a lot of the under twenty ones to be uh to be getting call ups. So why why would Southampton suggest a clause? Uh and I think the fact that we got an half decent free for him is much more important. Well I think one thing we did manage to do, um, in terms of clauses, um any football football manager um enthusiasts out there will be well aware of sell-on clauses and profit sell-on clauses, things like that. And it's been reported that we snuck in a, a 15% of any profit sell-on clause. And with reports of both Liverpool and Arsenal are keeping tabs on them, on them there's, there's a potential there for, for a nice little windfall for Burnley in the future. Can you see, his, can you see Jay Rod strutting his stuff, stuff at the Emirates perhaps, Rob? Uh, yeah, I see no reason why not. I think... Um... I think if he can score against United, um, you've got to imagine what he's going to be like with the service that he's going to be getting um, at Liverpool or an Arsenal or a Manchester United. Um, I think sky's the limit. He's still only young yet, and uh, see what he do- see how he does in this England performance if he gets on the pitch. And um, yeah, why can't he be playing in the Champions League in two, three, four years' time? It's actually interesting to note that I think. Manchester United are actually below Southampton in the table right now. So we're speaking about him going to Man United. But if Southampton <laughs> keep up their current form, then he'll be staying at Southampton. That yeah, no, <laughs> it's one of them. At the end of the day, United United is a massive, massive club. Although they're not said to be interested, I, I, I could maybe see him at Liverpool should Suarez leave and trying to fill that kind of. Suarez's role, although he's a bit of a different player, but he likes, he's been played out on the wing in the past. Perhaps that might be where they're looking at him from, that type of play him out on the wing, let him cut inside role. Yeah, well, um, Roy Hodgson in his um, press conference said that he's a, he's a wide striker, he's not a winger. So he seems to know quite a bit about him, obviously. Um, and it's inter- uh, I found it interesting to listen to Roy Hodgson speak about like Jay like that, just, just to 
find out what kind of the mindset is of a manager in bringing in a, a replacement. I think he brought him in um, to kind of back up Danny Welbeck, uh, um, that sort of role, but I'm I'm not certain on that. Okay, well, moving back closer to home, we've also got Danny Lafferty away on international duty for Northern Ireland and Sam Vokes back off um, to do his duty with Wales. Now, let's just hope that um, Paddy, Paddy Power recognise him this time. Uh, I don't know if any of you guys saw the um, the tweet they put out this week. Yeah, I saw it. Yeah, <laughs> there was a, a really big reaction to that, wasn't there? Uh, yeah. I don't know whether it was foolish or just kind of uh, Paddy Power trolling the whole of the of the Burnley fans. Um, I think it was a bit of an overreaction in the end, though. No, it's just a bit of fun, isn't it? Um, I wonder uh, if they I can give themselves one of them ball of shames they've been touting around. <laughs> yeah. I think it was a typical, he's not, he didn't play for a big side, we'll sort of mark it while he's on the picture, sort of next to these two people thing. It was something or nothing, really, wasn't it? I mean, if you're looking at it from a very cynical point of view, then it got Burnley fans talking about Paddy Power, and that, that's kind of effective in terms of a social media policy. Yeah, I think you're always there, social media person. Um, uh, probably got in the good books that day because they were all over Twitter. Yeah. But fans, uh, I just like the idea of Paddy Power trolling a whole town. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, yeah, I, I think it's just a bit of fun. You can't take, and you can't take something like that too seriously. I don't think, especially not on Twitter. I think if you start taking Twitter seriously, then you need to, I don't know, just have a chill pill. <laughs> Danny Ings, the man, the man in demand. Um, he's retained his place in Gareth Southgate's under-21 squad for the European Under-21 Championship qualifiers against Finland and San Marino. Just how important is it for him to be involved at, at that, that type of level? Um, uh, I, I saw some talk, like, I actually ventured onto a certain message board today for the first time in about seven years. Um, oh, it didn't. I did, yeah. Sorry. Um, and I saw some people complaining that um, Sam Vokes and Danny Ings were getting call-ups. And I think that's just like the totally illogical way of thinking about it. I mean, seriously, are you, are you really saying you don't want your, your players to get call-ups internationally, be internationally rec- recognised? Can you imagine Man United uh, fans saying, oh, Rooney's going off to England again, we can't do that because he's going to be unfit? It's just not... A, a normal way of thinking about it. So I think it's really good that uh, Ings has, has been called up again. And it, I, I think we said last time when when he first got the call up that it shows that uh, that Gareth South, uh, Southgate is is really looking to to the lower leagues and putting faith in people like Danny Ings who are getting game time um, rather than looking into the reserves of the, the Premier League clubs who may not be as fresh. I'm actually going to go against what Adam's just said and uh, be one of the people who would maybe rather people like Danny Ings were overlooked. Um, just because, obviously, last, the last international break, both Volks and Ings picked up knocks. And I think that did affect the, the performance when they came back for us. Uh, from a selfish point of view, I think we wanted to play all their games during the season for us. And, you know, if they get called up in the summer, then that's, that's great for them. But in the season, I'd like to see them just... Uh, 
doing the stuff for us. I'm going to have to agree with uh, Adam on this one. Uh, I think having our players out there at international level, I think it can only make them better. Things with the England under 21, look at England under 21 side, it's really good. Um, so the fact that he's spending quite a lot of time then and, and um, being around players that, um, you know, from the Premier League, uh, it can only be better for him. Um, and I think, yeah, you, you do take that risk of maybe having the odd injury or maybe having, um, uh, or maybe coming back a bit sluggish, but you take that risk every game. Um, so I think to, to have um, our players out there Getting Burnley's name out there as well, as well as their own, um, I think it's, it can only be a good thing. My biggest worry for this is the fact that we've got two main, main strikers, both away on international duty, and a knock to either can put us in a, a really difficult position in terms of strike force, where Daesh will be forced to bring someone in. Is that not a worry for either of you guys? Uh. You, as Ben said, uh, as Rob said, sorry, um, you you take that risk every game when you play a striker. You're always running the risk of taking of taking a knock, and whether that's with England or whether it's with with Burnley, it doesn't really make any any difference. You're still injured. But they they could get injured scoring for you, which obviously is better than if they get injured scoring for yeah I mean, someone else. There's a, there's a level. I think there's a deeper debate of whether. Like international football is actually important. That, that's a whole different debate that that we don't really have time for, and I think that's what this this comes down to. Whether it's good for for players in general to go away for for a week or two weeks in the middle of a season, that that's that's just a a whole different debate that yeah we don't have time for. Yeah, I think instead of the playing, you've got to come into you've got to call into account as as you share we don't have time for this, but you've got to call into account more. The travelling, I think, they could, a lot of players come back sluggish. I think a lot of teams come back sluggish after the international break, and um, you know, some of them are travelling to travelling a long way away. Um, <laughs> so, I was I, I was hoping for some exotic exotic location then, Rob, just far far away. <laughs> All I had in my head was Burnley, and I thought I can't just there, just travelling to South of England or something, travelling to London, yeah. like oh, I had nothing. Canada. In Trinidad. <laughs> I don't know who's gone to Trinidad, but I think was it was it Danny Lafferty that travelled to Russia with with Ireland, or maybe they were playing Russia in Ireland, and that in in which case that just makes my whole point invalid. But but anyway, the... <laughs> yeah. See, I think if you're travelling to to the back end of the and you're getting jet lag and stuff, I just think. <clears throat> that's as much to blame. I'd rather they were playing football. And you'd, you'd think they'd be playing football in training matches anyway when they were back here in the international break. So, you know, I, I, I think having them playing, like I say, getting Burnley's name out there is, is a good thing. Yeah, I guess I guess that's one way of looking at it. Burnley's name's out there, distracting more attention to as people look at, say, Danny Ings, think ah, quality striker there. They might give us an extra two million if they come in for a bit of him at the end of next summer or something like that just because he's played for the under-21s he might add, give a bit more added value onto players and while we're on the topic of Danny Ings uh, there's more more recognition to be had for his recent form because he's picked up the Skybet Player of the Month award just how much did he deserve it? You can't deny a, a striker that's I, did he, I don't know how many goals he got in 
October. I think it was three, but I'm not sure. Um, in the league, at least. Um, but yeah, I don't think you can deny that uh, a striker that gets goals and does well for his team and defends well and and basically is is kind of selfless. It, you can't deny that a player like that deserves deserves a uh, an award, an accolade for that effort and that that kind of talent. Um, I think in in the past our players have been overlooked just because we're not we're not high high enough in the league uh, when they've got um, nominations, but. It's good to see that once now we are at the uh, are at the top end of the table that our uh, our players and management staff um, are getting um, getting the, the kind of credit. Yeah, I think um, it's funny really because he got um, Player of the Month for October, and I think he scored less than he did last month. I'm not sure that citation needed for that one, but. Um, yeah, I think it, it's it's a good thing. Some some people say like with the manager of the month and the player of the month, it's like um, oh, what am I thinking of? It's it's bad luck if if they get it. Um, but I I tend to disagree with that. I think it's it's only a good thing and it's giving your players confidence and you'd hope that that confidence had spread um, throughout the team really. Uh, and it's like Adam said, he's quite a selfish player, so it's it's going to spread to hopefully getting him and Vox more goals. Now, we've had a warning that James is now outside. <laughs> so, James, do you want to expose us to the elements with your view? Not again. Last time he got barked, up, got barked at by a dog. That was uh, very entertaining. I'm not on a bicycle, so I'm on foot. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I think it's obviously it's a good award for him. I think he, uh, he possibly deserved it earlier in the season. Um, I know we had Jason Shackle nominated last month. And to be honest, I would have actually probably expected him to get the nomination again because he's been fantastic all season. He's just the, you know, I think he's been our standout player. But obviously, because he's a centre-back, he doesn't get the same plaudits that Danny Ings does when he's the one scoring all the goals. He did win the uh, No Name Never Burnley Express Player of the Month Catchy Name Award um, last month. Um, so that's one accolade he's got. But it's not, uh, I, I agree with James, it's not a kind of nationally accredited recognised award by the league um, so yeah I think good point that Jason Shackle has a hard job in being a defender of getting recognised for his good performances but he's undeniably been one of our star players this season definitely do you not think yeah, I totally agree. Um, we had this this discussion last week, and it, we went round giving our nominations for the, the Player of the Month award, and everyone was just kind of it was a kind of loving for Jason Shackle. I can't really remember who voted what, but um, uh, it it was everyone agreed that Jason Shackle had been one of our standout players. I think a, a big thing with Jason Shackle is that when he first came to us, he was. Uh, probably mediocre for a few months um, probably because he was suffering from lingering injuries and whatnot. but um, he's now really proved himself if anything to have been cheap at the, the price he picked him up for Yeah I remember when Jason Shackle first came as well he, he seemed to um, <clears throat> he, he seemed to take a while to get going but he seems to be one of them players who just sort of does his job every week doesn't need to 
he doesn't need the plaudits, doesn't need uh, player of the month, but he still keeps going. Uh, and I think that's the kind of player we need. He's just going to be um, just completely, completely solid for us as well as, you know, he's outstanding as well. I saw some quotes from Eddie Howe uh, in the, I think it was in the Bournemouth media about Jason Shackle and how he, he brought him into the club. Um, and he said that the club needed a, needed a leader and that's what he, he bought and, and chased him for. And I think that's what we've got. We have got a leader in Jason Shackle. Um, and I, I'm kind of happy that Eddie Howe brought him in and chased him for two summers um, because Chris McCann, I said last week in my shortly in like in my my nomination kind of speech that he he Chris McCann wasn't a leader and and Jason Shackle is and and that's the main difference between I think that really helps Burnley. Yeah, definitely. I think he's shown week in week out how how we should be playing as a team, and perhaps that's where the the work ethic's coming from, that determination from. All the other players are following his lead to battle for all, for all the ball balls that are in the air and whatnot. But perhaps even more impressive than than Shackle and Ings is how Sean Tyche has turned things around from the end of last season. People criticising him and his tactics to winning back to back manager of the month awards. Perhaps that's even more more notable than than all these performances at the moment. John, what do, what do you reckon, Rob? Um, yeah, I think it's I think it's. Um, again, a, a good thing. I mean, these player of the month and, and manager of the month, uh, I don't put a lot of stock in them because at the end of the day, it's a month. Um, and it's we don't play a season over a month, do we? But, um, yeah, it, it, it's only a good thing for our players to be um, getting these sort of awards because it shows that we're performing um, to the right standard. Uh, and not just the right standard, um, you know, ahead of, of standard. Because actually we've got a, a team of players who aren't nominated for Player of the Month and they're, they're having to be outstanding in a team of outstanding players because we're, we're, uh, uh, we're stood at the top of the league. So I think, yeah, these things are good, but um, I don't put too much stock in them, to be honest. Yeah, I mean they're an added bonus, aren't they? These these awards they're not they're not uh, they don't give you any points. They don't put you further ahead at the top of the league. They're just nice to get and and it's uh, with a football club you're almost always looking, especially as a small club like Burnley, um, you're almost looking for kind of praise all the time. Well, like you're looking for positive kind of media coverage, and that's what these these sort of rewards present for for Burnley fans and and the club. It's a nice little thing to see see in the newspaper, um, but I don't think it's anything more than that. It's it's just nice. James, yeah, you think, still with us? Yep. In the, at the tail end of last season, I think a lot of the criticism Dash was getting was unfair, and I'm I'm someone who's always vocally supported Dash. As you know, you needed to give him time at that stage. He came in and. I don't think anyone can say that it wasn't one aim for the new manager and that was to tighten up the ship at the back. He did that and obviously it did swing a little bit the other way for a, a time where we were struggling to score. But you could see that he had the basis there of, of what he wanted to do, which was obviously have a, a team that were competitive and um, particularly tight at the back. And obviously he's built on that this season. Now we've, we've got a, a 
probably one of our best defensive records in recent years and, uh, and we're scoring goals at the other end. Well, that, oh, so I was just going to say it's nice, nice for once to be to be that team that has a good defence and can score goals. It's um, Daesh. I think if we're looking in, at the situation in general, Daesh like constantly last last season talked about how we needed a balance in the team and how the framework was trying to get that balance and. All these different cliches that kind of like got tiresome after a while. That's I think that's part of the reason why why he got got a bit of stick is because he kept saying the same things, um, but the the same things were correct and they they didn't the 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 framework that well the so called framework that he's introduced has has created a nice balance between the team and it's it's good to see that for once uh, as a Burnley fan we're we're scoring goals and not conceding them. That's that's probably the best way to sum it up. You look at it got mentioned earlier on in, in, in the chat that we're goal difference wise, we're we're seventeen to the good and the nearest to that is nine. So we're miles ahead in the department and it's we're the second top scorers in the league and we're the second bottom well, second second top for conceding goals, um just behind QPR who have started conceding goals. So it's good all round for me. For me, from a from a new from a Burnley perspective, should I say, as a, as a supporter in the stands, it's brilliant to actually see a team that can play like that, can defend, and then can go up the front and score. That's that. That's the best bit about it at the minute, surely. Yeah, I think it speaks volumes. Like that, we're, we're talking about an attacker and a defender in the same breath for Player of the Month, um, and yeah. It's, it's just really good to be one of those teams where you're not saying, "Oh yeah, we, we, we're defending really well, but we, we're not, con- but we're not, we're not putting chances away, or we're scoring loads of goals, but we just seem to be conceding loads." Because that, that's over the past few seasons, that seems to have been Burnley's problem. So it's nice to be, it's nice to have sort of a nice balanced team. And it's like Adam said, it's Sean Dyche has obviously been building up to this for since last season. So right. the the case in point is that it's very nice to be at the top of the league. I think that's what we're saying. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think we kind of all knew that anyway. But that's basically what we've just spent ten minutes saying. <laughs> but it is 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 brilliant. I, I, I love the feeling of being top of the league. A lot of people looking at us and saying, oh, "Top of the league, what up next?" It's is that brilliant feeling to have that. And for me, I just hope hope we can keep keep the run going. But I'm thinking, it's it's time to to wrap things wrap things up now. It's been it's been great having you guys on, Adam. Yeah, thank thanks for uh, kind of filling in for Jamie. It's all, all a bit last minute, but we've kind of had a stripped down podcast today, and it's been quite nice. Yeah, it's a bit, a bit of a change, a bit of a mix, mix up. In like I say, it's been thrown together at the last minute. We've had a few dropouts. Rob had to come in as a as a last minute emergency loan signing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> how, how's it how's it been, Rob? It's been all right. It's nice to talk about Burnley, uh, not with Preston fans or other football fans, because I don't get a lot of opportunity to do it around here. <laughs> yeah, you're always welcome back on anyway. This is this has got very meta. This is like we're talking about ourselves. <laughs> and anyway, it's been it's been brilliant to have James as always. Not getting chased by dogs today, thankfully. <laughs> oh, that was a few weeks ago now. He's well, it's, good, it's good to not be getting chased by dogs. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
That, that provided invaluable uh, entertainment for all our listeners. Have you know. <laughs> all right, and, and remember, guys, um, catch the live blog. No, well, not this Saturday. It's going to be two weeks away. Ad, are we having a, a podcast next week, Adam? I'm not sure. Uh, so we're not sure yet. May do. Um, we'll, we'll be sure to pull it out through the, the relevant channels. The, this, it'll be on the site and it'll be on Twitter and Facebook, probably. Um, and remember to buy your Vings. Your Vings yeah, sweatshirt. Vings, Vings t-shirts and sweatshirts and baby grows. That, that always helps. And they quite, might quite be, but I'm not entirely sure. They might still be 20% off. Yeah, I think them. they are. Um, 20% so if you off. do want to buy a Vings t-shirt, um, our store's uh, no, no, never dot spreadshirt.co.uk and if you use the code early 20 you can get 20% off at the moment so yeah, early 20 why not? That was. happy days I'm going to wait till I get paid on Friday and then I'm getting my, my order in and all that <laughs> they're really good quality actually just, just saying anyway <laughs> let's wrap up yep so thanks for having you guys it's been a pleasure this has been the No No, no Never podcast you've been listening to the No No Never podcast for more Visit nonanever.net and don't forget, follow us on Twitter at nonanevernet. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.